Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll also visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon, who replaced both of my knees in 2006 and my hip this year. We'll visit with Dr. Markovich, as well as the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be with us as well. It is January the 5th, and on this day in 1643, in the first record of a legal divorce in American colonies, Anne Clark of the Massachusetts Bay Colony was granted a divorce from her absent and adulterous husband, Dennis Clark, by the quarter court of uh, Boston, Massachusetts. In a signed and sealed affidavit presented to John Winthrop Jr., the son of the colony's founder, Dennis Clark admitted to abandoning his wife, with whom he had two children, for another woman, with whom he had another two children. He also stated he refused to return to his original wife, thus giving the Puritan court no option but to punish Clark and grant a divorce to his wife, Anne. The quarter court's final decision read, Anne Clark being deserted by Dennis Clark, her husband, and... Uh, he refusing to accompany with her, she is granted to be divorced. And what's interesting about this is the spelling of these words and the order of them is just demonstrates absolutely chaotic, I think, a kind of grammar and syntax and so forth. And uh, just reminds me how big a contribution that Noah Webster made to, by uh, coming up with the first dictionary here in the United States. Well, Buffalo Bills NFL team said Wednesday that safety DeMar Hamlin is improving in the University of Cincinnati Medical Center intensive care unit after collapsing in cardiac arrest on the field on Monday night. DeMar remains in ICU in critical condition with signs of improvement noted yesterday and overnight, the team posted on Wednesday. He's expected to remain under intensive care as his health care team continues to monitor and treat him. Of course, the 24-year-old Buffalo Bills professional football player collapsed in cardiac arrest after tackling a Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver during the first quarter of Monday's game. One of the underlying stories of uh, 2022 is the enormous number of professional athletes, primarily men with an average age of 23, collapsing during competition. Though many of these instances have been documented in singular reports, mainstream media outlets appear reluctant to link these unprecedented surge and collapses uh, to the COVID-19 jab, or to even bother about following up with questions as to why or how this hat was happening. This is especially suspicious considering the majority of these collapsing instances involve recently vaccinated or boosted athletes. On America News Network, some did some digging and discovered more than 769 athletes have collapsed on the field during a game from March 2021 to March 2022. 769. I think the story needs to be brought to light. Coincidence is not necessarily causation, and there's not necessarily a claim here that this is a cause of, of these collapses, but it certainly seems very suspicious that so many athletes now are collapsing uh, 
compared to uh, the previous 20 years where even less number collapsed uh, than in 20 years that it collapsed in one year. President Joe Biden praised Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell as a man of his word Wednesday for helping him pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. I'm especially happy to be with my friend and colleague of many years, and I might add, longest serving leader in the United States Senate, Senator Mitch McConnell. McConnell, it's great to be with you. Biden said, delivering a speech on the economy in Covington, Kentucky, in a rare appearance with McConnell. The two leaders appeared at the site of the bridge due to uh, receive funding from the package spanning between Kentucky and Ohio. The uh, president stressed the need for find common ground, particularly in the last four or five years, to pass through uh, bipartisan legislation. He said he disagrees with McConnell on a lot of things, but what matters is the Kentucky senator is a man of his word. Biden worked with McConnell in the Senate while he was a senator and had repeatedly referred to him as a friend. Biden is expected to focus on bipartisanship in the second half of his term as he weighs a possible 2024 run. The Kentucky event was bipartisan officials sends an important message to the country so that officials can work together, Biden said. Well, the harm that has been done to the Republican Party is incalculable, Trump said on True Social. This is why we need a, a change in leadership. We need uh, new people coming in and providing leadership because it's the same old, same old. And under McConnell, we're seeing, quite frankly, uh, it's simply a Democrat light, in my opinion. McConnell needs to go, in my opinion. Somehow, some way, we need to get to the point where we have new leadership in the Senate. And, of course, we're talking about the House leadership right now. Kevin McCarthy's uh, long-held hopes of becoming Speaker of the House on Wednesday were quickly dashed as the number of Republicans opposing him actually increased from 20 to 21. Congressman Byron Donalds of Florida picked up nearly all the votes with 20 Republicans selecting him as a choice for Speaker and one other voting present. Two days into a likely newly elected uh, 18th, 118th Congress, Republicans have so far been unable to select a new Speaker of the House. The GOP frontrunner for the job, McCarthy, has been unable to reach the 218-vote threshold required to be elected Speaker. The Republicans have a slim majority, just 222 majority in the House, so he can only afford to lose four votes, and he's lost 21 in the last, uh, in the last round. On Tuesday, after three rounds of voting, a whopping 20 House uh, Republicans voted against McCarthy and for candidates such as Jim Jordan, Andy Biggs, and Byron Donalds. And as an aside, I must say that Byron would, quite frankly, I think he's probably a placeholder. He doesn't seem to demonstrate a lot of enthusiasm for becoming the speaker. Uh, but I think he's uh, allowing his name to be put in play so that uh, this whole process could follow up and follow through. Byron, in my opinion, would be an outstanding, uh, outstanding speaker of the House. Very articulate, great leader, strong good character, uh, understands the Constitution, very committed to conservative principles. Byron Donalds will be a great Speaker of the House. Don't know if he's serious about it, but I sent him an email yesterday saying encouraging him to uh, go for it, quite frankly. Now, on the other side, Congressman uh, woman Cori Bush, who's a Democrat from Missouri, tweeted on Wednesday that nominee for Speaker of the House Byron Donalds is a prop being used by Republicans to push a policy agenda intent on holding and perpetuating white supremacy. For what it's worth, Byron Donalds is not an historic candidate for Speaker. He's a prop. Despite being black, he supports policy agenda intending on upholding and perpetuating white supremacy. Her tweets continued, his name is being in the mix. It's not progress. It's pathetic, she said.
So um, this is what uh, the Democrats hold on to. It's identity politics. Just a shame. It's like Biden saying, you know, if you're not black, if you're not voting for me, you're not black. So that's her opinion. So she's entitled to it. But I just understand how people in her district could uh, vote for her as a candidate for Congress. I've seen so many speeches in the last couple of days of people that are just outstanding. And then there's Cori Bush. Representative Kevin McCarthy has made a major deal with holdout votes Wednesday night, but the House voted 216 to 214 to adjourn until Thursday at noon. Hammered out by the Club for Growth, the deal will move votes to McCarthy. Key to the agreement was the Congressional Leadership Fund to stay out of open primaries. Uh, you may recall that uh, the uh, congressman from uh, Madison Cawthorn from North Carolina Actually, uh, uh, McCarthy played a big role in making sure that he didn't return to Congress. This agreement on super PACs fulfills a major concern we have pressed for, Club for Growth President David McIntosh wrote in a statement. We understand that Leader McCarthy and members are working on rules agreement that will meet the principles we have set out previously. Assuming there's these principles are met, Club for Growth will support Kevin McCarthy for Speaker. Now, the next vote is expected to move to in McCarthy's favor, and it will be much closer, but that vote has to come on Thursday. That's today, of course. There's further reporting, and McCarthy also proposed key concessions, allowed just one member to call for a vote to oust the Speaker, placing more Freedom Caucus members on the House Rules Committee, promises votes on bills like term limits and border security. It's expected this deal will move perhaps as many as 10 votes among the 20 holdouts in favor of McCarthy. Uh, very good things are happening behind the scenes for the Re uh, Republican Party. Former President Donald Trump posted on so True Social, intense but smart negotiations between great and patriotic people are ongoing. They all love our country, and we want to do, uh, something to go forward as soon as possible, so, uh, tweeted Trump. He didn't tweet it. It was on True Social. I guess he, he truthed it. So uh, this event will end up making Republican Party stronger and more united than ever before, our nation is at stake. Stay tuned and make America great again. Uh, Truth, Trump. Uh, I certainly agree with that. Well, the question in my mind is McCarthy the guy, and uh, with all these concessions, I think this is important. It could lead to him being elected speaker, but as I mentioned early in the broadcast, uh, what we need is new leadership. McConnell needs to go, and in my opinion, I think Kevin McCarthy also needs to go. Mike uh, Davis, he's the president of Article 3 Project and the Internet Accountability Project, posted this on True Social. Dear House Republicans, instead of earning your votes, Kevin McCarthy's trying to jam down your throats his selection as speaker, like he does with his uniparty spending sprees. Stop being mindless sheep. Kevin McCarthy isn't conservative. He isn't principled. He isn't a fighter. He's beholden to the D.C. lobbyists, especially big tech monopolists that crush competition, shutter small businesses, and censor conservatives. That from uh, Mike Davis, very principled guy. He actually uh, was uh, worked for Gorsuch in the Supreme Court. He's a good guy, and uh, I quite frankly agree with him. I think that uh, Kevin McCarthy is not the best choice for Speaker of the House. We need to get a good choice in there. We'll see how this plays out today. Could be interesting. Well, alleged uh, Catholic Joe Biden has snubbed, has been snubbed by the Holy See. That, according to uh, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, 
revealed in a press conference. As the Catholic News Agency reported, the White House press secretary has confirmed that President Joe Biden will not be attending the funeral of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI on Thursday. In response to a question from journalist Owen Jensen uh, on Tuesday, uh, January 3rd, Karine Jean-Pierre said, the U.S. Ambassador to the Holy See, Joe Donnelly, will represent the United States at the funeral of the Pope in line with the wishes of the late Pope at the Vatican. This is what uh, their requests were. The Vatican's press office confirmed that only two official states, delegations from Italy and Germany, were invited to the funeral of the late Pope Emeritus, which will be held, uh, of course, today. While only two heads of state were invited, you'd think the uh, second Catholic president of the United States would make the cut. Pierre's words also make it sound as if not having Biden at his funeral was a personal request of the late Pope. But, you know, that's uh, still unclear. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541. Welcome back 
to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, most health insurance plans don't cover international travel. And you can get inexpensive travel insurance and make travel worry-free. Just get a free quote by calling 591-1715 or go to the website internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to be uh, visiting with uh, Dr. George Markovich. Right now we have with us Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, we're a grassroots coalition of uh, folks all across Florida. Uh, we have about 250,000 people now in our active support database, and we focus on K-12 through education. Uh, to us, that means uh, trying to champion and promote uh, school choice options, parental rights, and, of course, getting rid of the indoctrination that's in our schools. And made terrific progress over the last decade. You've made a real difference, Florida Citizens Alliance, you and Pastor Rick, and in uh, terms of uh, creating better education in public schools here in Florida. Now, I know, I know you're in uh, Tallahassee right now. Uh, what was the agenda for you this past week? Well, we've been meeting with some of the key leaders in the, in the House, and we uh, met with uh, the Senate pro tem, um, uh, Senator Baxley. Uh, today we have a meeting with uh, a fellow by the name of Alex Kelly. He's the senior deputy chief of staff for the governor. Uh, we're meeting on a couple of key items. Uh, you know, in the past on your show we've talked about the legislative agenda that we put together every every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this year, the highlights that we focused on in the last two days are an education savings account and also trying to get the uh, sponsors. Uh, we're at that point in the process where we need to be finding champions for uh, both uh, an opt-in bill and a supplemental materials bill. So um, on. Uh, on Monday, we had a, a meeting with uh, uh, Representative and Chair uh, Randy Fine, uh, mostly talked about the ESA uh, and the harmful for minor stuff. Uh, he's uh, going to be very supportive of an education savings account and supportive of what we're doing uh, to try to get the, uh, the uh, pornography and uh, LGBTQ stuff out of our schools. Um, Yesterday, we had a really good meeting with uh, our local representative, uh, Lauren Mello. Uh, she's expressed a really strong interest in the supplemental materials bill. Most people might not realize what that is, but I call it the 800-pound gorilla in the room because today uh, a teacher in a classroom can bring almost anything they want. In fact, I could get rid of the word almost. They can bring anything they want into the classroom from the Internet uh, with 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 no... Uh, oversight by the school districts. Huh. Um, some of them will argue that the principal gets to ask to approve their stuff, uh, but that's not the case always, and uh, even many of the principals are, are woke. So uh, we're trying to get a supplemental materials bill that would require uh, them to follow the law uh, and it would, would uh, contain a penalty if they don't. Um, so it just puts the uh, school districts in in an oversight role rather than ignoring the, 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 the you know this eight hundred pound gorilla. 
That sounds really good, Keith. So, well, for our listeners' benefit, I, I thought uh, education savings accounts already existed. And if if they do, what's the difference? What what do you what do you want to accomplish at this point? Uh, well, we have five scholarship programs where kids, uh, you know, low income kids, um, families, uh, fa- uh, kids with disabilities, uh, can get um, scholarships, but uh, with one minor exception. Uh, they're not ESAs, an education savings account where the money would follow the child. We want, uh, in theory, we want every child in Florida uh, to be eligible for a, a, a scholarship to, to go to the school of the, of the parent's choice. Um, and there's the, the concept of the money following the child is something we really strongly, uh, strongly support. Yeah. However, however um, the devil's always in the details. Uh, for example, uh, Arizona passed an education savings account uh, four or five months ago, and uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming they did it. Uh, it was unintended consequence, but they effectively killed uh, the homeschool market, the independence of the homeschool market. Um, and most people kind of look at you awry and say, what do you mean? Um, and in simple terms, like Florida, Arizona has enjoyed a very unregulated uh, homeschool environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, with the ESA that they passed, if a parent takes that ESA for their child, they're no longer follow uh, fall under homeschool law, which is un- uh, largely unregulated, and they now become ESA parents, and there's r- some serious regulation there. Um, including, you know, you must fo- you must follow the testing of the of the school system, and there's some other aspects of that. Hmm. And of course, the big fear is with uh, the way that the Arizona flipped to a Democratic governor uh, that she's not a fan of school choice. So the big fear is that uh, she'll do everything she can to uh, really regulate and force, um, you know, public school curriculum and standards, et cetera on uh, those students that have taken that ESA. Wow, it's just really exciting news, uh, Keith. And uh, I'm, I'm sure the unions are real supportive of this. That's an understatement. And we laugh at it uh, because, the, of course, the unions are going to fight this. Uh, we're, we're proposing a methodology, and I won't get into a lot of detail, but we're proposing a, a way where individuals like you and I can donate our property tax or a portion of our property tax to a charity of our choice, and those charities would then service and provide scholarships to to students. Huh. Uh, the money would never flow through the government budget, and so uh, it it puts another layer of protection uh, to try to protect the independence of both the private market and the homeschool market here in Florida. Just really exciting, Keith. I wanted to encourage our listeners to go to goflca.com. Goflca.com is the website. And I do want you to just mention uh, the uh, uh, session that you have coming up in March. Oh, yeah. We have a, a it's our uh, annual gala event. It's going to be at the uh, Ritz uh, Tiburon. Uh, it's with Newt Gingrich. Uh, it's a, it's uh, going to be an amazing event. And, of course, it, it helps fund. Uh, you know, the successes that we've had and continue to grow, um, you know, the, our influence in, in this uh, public school marketplace here in, in Florida. So I invite all your uh, listeners to uh, 
go to our website and get your tickets. And uh, if you want to do a table sponsorship, we'd love to have you consider that as well. GoFLCA.com. Get tickets to the event. Uh, make a contribution for this great work that, that that's being done by the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Bob. Have a have a great weekend coming up. You okay. as well. Thank you so much, Keith. All right, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University Wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the Wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hello, Seton. Great, how are you? Good, how are you doing, Seton? I'm trying to switch from speaker to regular, sorry about that. That's no problem. (laughs) So, Seton, tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and I moved to Belize to get it. Yeah, by the way, how's life in Belize? I love it more every day. It's spectacular. Uh, I'll just give one example to your audience. I bought 85 feet of Caribbean seafront property, 110 feet deep, 85 feet across the front and back, and my annual property tax is $10 U.S. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. So, uh, yeah. Seton, uh, you, you wrote a piece about, uh, uh, it's called The Man Bites Dog. The EU is better than the U.S. on the border carbon tax. 
Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, I started writing about this. In, uh, I looked it up. It was September of 2021. At the time, um, there were 10 demo- Let me Let me define a border carbon tax. What this is, is, of course, as we're witnessing now, we're committing economic suicide by with this green energy crap. Um, they're wasting hundreds of billions of additional dollars in the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Only in D.C. can you spend hundreds of billions of dollars to call it a Inflation Reduction Act. But they're spending almost $400 billion on fake energy. And Tucker Carlson did a great segment last night on the dramatic increase in electricity prices. And the reason that is is because we've gone away from coal and nuclear and natural gas and are wasting time on unstorable, non-power-generating wind and solar and all that crap. So everything's going to get more expensive to do because, of course, we're paying dramatically more for energy. Well... All the, we're, and we're doing all this, of course, in the name of climate change to reduce carbon dioxide, which is not a pollutant. Ask any plant. God, in his infinite wisdom, created a perfect symbiotic relationship. We inhale oxygen, exhale carbon dioxide. Plants inhale carbon dioxide and exhale oxygen. It's perfect. Right. And we're screwing with it. But anyway, so in the name of all this idiocy, we're dramatically increasing the cost to do everything in this country. So when countries like China, which is still bringing on a new coal power plant a week, yeah. ships their crap here, it's obviously going to be much cheaper than our stuff because we're creating it with fake energy and they're creating it with real energy. Yep. So it's going to undercut anybody that makes anything here. So, you know, and of course, they're not doing anything about climate change and we are. Yep. And, of course, there is no climate change. I, I, every time I say that phrase, I, my, my stomach knocks up. <laughs> um, the climate always changes. As, as they define it, there's no such thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you apply, and, you know, and we've been talking for years, and there were a lot of conservatives that came out, too, in favor of a carbon tax domestically, meaning on top of everything else we're doing, we're going to tax companies for, bur- for burning fuel. Well, screw that. Let's tax them, not us. Yep. It's, it's a much better proposition to tax them for not lowering emissions than it is to tax us for lowering emissions. Right. Uh, so, and plus, it's a, it's, a, it's a good trade policy because they're undercutting us with real energy-generated products versus our fake energy-generated products, and we've got to try to level the playing field. You and I have talked about this in a whole host of trade areas. Right. So the border carbon tax, when I started writing about it, September 2021, there was a bill going nowhere in Congress with 10 Democrats, and that was it. Well, then in February of 2021, this is how pathetic D.C. is, they sometimes swerve into a good idea, but then nothing ever happens, ultimately. In, like, February of 22, so almost a year ago now, a bipartisan press conference. We're all in favor of a border carbon tax. Well, that was a year ago. Did they get anything done? Of course they didn't get anything done. Well, now the E.U., has come together and basically outlined what they're going to do in imposing a border carbon tax for all. The, and you know, you read their reasons; it's all the same reason. Yeah. You know, we're getting undercut. This is you know, they're they're not emphasizing the we're getting undercut domestically argument because, of course, they're emphasizing the stupid green argument, right? Yep. But the, one of the one of the advantages of pushing for a border carbon tax tariff rather than imposing it domestically is, you know, this is why uh, in places like Florida, 
uh, travel taxes are so popular because you're taxing non-Floridians, right? Right. If a border carbon tax doesn't tax the citizens that vote for the government imposing the tax, right? It imposes on everybody else. So, yeah. so that it has that added attraction for you know big government advocates, which is why it started on the left. Uh, I, I think one of the reasons it started on you know with ten Democrats and nobody else. But anyway, I, I just I think it's a very good policy. It fits right into the trade policy, you know, we've been advocating for more than a decade now. Of they're undercutting us with subsidies, they're undercutting us with you know limits on our trade. You know what we can send them. We're not limiting what they can send us, and because they're creating stuff so much more inexpensively with real energy, they're undercutting us with that, and that may be the most important undercut of all. You know, uh, so. See, I think it's. So we've I think gotta, it's, we've got to do something to try to even it out. Yeah, and I think it's a brilliant idea, and quite frankly, it kind of neuters the whole notion of the stupid uh, climate change business, anyhow, and uh, turns it on its on its heel, uh, so that we benefit from uh, what from from this, uh, as opposed to being punished for uh, stuff that doesn't right, even right. exist. So it's amazing stuff, Seaton. I just really appreciate your commentary on the show. I want to li- encourage our listeners to go to. Uh, lessgovernment.org. You can also uh, find Less Government on Facebook. See, and, and real quick, I've moved lessgovernment.org. To, are you, are you familiar, you're familiar with Substack, right, yep, Bob? You, sure. It's kind of like a... It's now on Substack. And, of course, Substack's like a shopping mall for writers. And one of the reasons I did this was it, it's harder... I was getting shadow banned for years. Yeah. And, you know, of course, my website, lessgovernment.org, they could just ignore it because it's its own little website and it's, you know, they can just ignore it on search results. Well, it's very hard for them to ignore the entirety of Substack. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, if you type in lessgovernment.org, it actually goes to my Substack page. And you can subscribe there. Uh, there's, you know, there's, it's, it's a well designed site. You, you'll see the subscribe button and get all the stuff. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Again, lessgovernment.org or lessgovernment.substack.org. Is that it? It's just lessgovernment.org. All right. I, I moved the domain name. Seton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob, very much. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Dr. George Markovich. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University.
Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and they know the policy. They help prepare elected officials to help win and win big uh, in state and uh, national legislatures. You can visit the website, thefga.org. Hearing that commercial for Dr. George Markovich gives me the opportunity to introduce him as not only a great orthopedic surgeon, but my orthopedic surgeon. Dr. Markovich, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure, Bob. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. You know, we had an event on Sunday night, or was it Monday night? I've forgotten now. But uh, a young man playing football for the Buffalo Bills makes a tackle. It didn't look particularly violent to me, but irrespective, he stood up and then just collapsed. He's now in intensive care unit. They, they say he's improving. But this is quite concerning because we've seen a great increase in the number of athletes, professional athletes, that who've been young athletes who have uh, suffered the same type of trauma. I want to get your thoughts. Of course. Uh, so I think it happened Monday night, and I did see the actual play. It looked pretty typical. I've spent many, many, many hours on the sidelines as you know, team coaches and or a team uh, physician and, and so forth, and I used to take care of the SEALs, so I have a, a good understanding of what I think happened. I did not see the aftermath because I guess the players are surrounding it, and I don't know you know, how the care developed, <clears throat> I can tell you that there's no such thing as a routine code. This looks like a case of what we call commotio cordis. Mm -hmm. And that is a blunt trauma. It's very rare where uh, if there's a direct blunt force on the chest at a certain time of the heart rhythm cycle, the heart can stop suddenly. It usually happens if... Uh, you know, a baseball or a softball hockey puck hits perfectly wrong. And it usually happens in, in younger individuals, say 14, that haven't really developed uh, chest muscles and protection in that area of the body, so the, tr the force transmits more easily. So, <clears throat> you know, uh, when this happens, the heart stops, people are unresponsive, they fall to the ground, uh, and they're not breathing. And there could be jerking mo uh, motion, so it kind of looks like a seizure sometimes, but Usually not. And, mm -hmm. and so the, the main thing that has to happen, and that's why the point of care is so critical, is that the physician has to recognize it immediately and then uh, start CPR and get a defibrillator to try to start the heart up uh, by restoring the electrical system of the heart. 
And so I, I couldn't tell, you know, uh, if they cut off the pads or how thick the pads were or anything like that. I can't comment on the care at all. I can only tell you that that's what it looked like to me. You know, the thing that interests me about this, Dr. Markovich, and by the way, I want to thank you for what you've done for me. I should mention, not, the commercial didn't mention, but I'll mention right now that you replaced my hip this past June, which is a miracle in and of itself, and I'm so grateful for your care. So thank you for that, by the way. Oh, of course. Absolutely. So the, the other thing, though, uh, the the care at the moment of this this occurred apparently was uh, swift, and it was good, and he's apparently improving. He's in ICU. He's not conscious yet, but... Uh, there's also uh, a correlation between those that had received a a recent vaccine uh, or booster and uh, those that have gone through this kind of trauma. And uh, it raises the question about whether, I don't know if you can't, just because there's coincidence, it doesn't make a causation, but could the vaccines have anything to do with this? It's a very interesting and, and important question. Uh, there have been uh, quite a bit of uh, information suggesting that the rate of cardiomyopathy in younger patients has gone up as a result of the mRNA vaccines and the boosters and so forth, which are just lesser doses of the vaccine. Um, I don't know this young man's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whether he had a subclinical cardiomyopathy. I don't know what his baseline EKG was. I can't really comment uh, on that, only to say that it is a significant concern and has to be investigated better than the last few years has indicated that these things get investigated. Yeah. Uh, the, the people that recognize the scientific method understand that you develop a hypothesis and you try to either prove it or disprove it. And there has to be that ability to look at things objectively in a data-driven way so that you can really understand what the problems are and how to address them better. And what I've seen in, in, uh, you know, the last few years since the pandemic, uh, you know, became uh, to the fore is that the people that, uh, you know, have hypotheses uh, make declarations that they're the science, they know, nobody can question it, mm-hmm. and that is simply wrong. Yeah, and the, the free discourse on this has really been upsetting. I mean, the fact that CDC looks like a mainstream media, uh, the social media, mainstream, and uh, just running interference for organizations like the CDC, the FDA, and others, it's quite concerning, and I think it's lowered the uh, confidence in these public institutions, number one, but it also uh, makes people very They wonder, where can we turn for good information? Yeah, exactly. But it's a societal problem, Bob. It's <clears throat> There's a lot of noise. There's always been a lot of noise. The problem is that certain people are projecting that noise and making it deafening in certain people's ears that are very impressionable and, uh, you know, uh, uh, more apt to be controlled. And that's why it's so important to have a voice like yours and uh, to, to look at things and discuss them and bring to light alternative points of view so that people can make their own minds up. Yeah. And that's what a free society should be. I can tell you that, you know, when something like this happens on the field uh, on Monday night, it really should uh, make people pause and understand that this is a tremendous athlete among 
wonderful athletes on the field that have dedicated themselves to their profession. These things are exceedingly rare. And um, the quickness, uh, acting swiftly and correctly is paramount. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how long the circulation was, uh, you know, out before it was restored. I don't know the type of care that this young man had. But information and the people that know what they're doing have to be there so that the right things happen. That has not been the case in a lot of aspects of our society as of late. I hope that through better education and commitment that it could be restored or else we are not going to have a wonderful future. And I am an optimist, and I want to believe <laughs> that there is a wonderful yep. future for everybody that deserves it. Absolutely, Doctor. So I, I think it's fair to say that you, you think the hypothesis of uh, perhaps this being having some influence with uh, vaccines, and it should be investigated and either proved or disproved, it shouldn't be ignored. Absolutely. There is some uh, data that I've seen that suggests that the degrees of cardiomyopathy in younger individuals has increased, uh, if not exponentially, much more precipitously than in the past. And there is a correlation between people having a genetic predisposition to problems and an mRNA vaccine, which is altering the genetic uh, you know, environment, uh, creating a potential problem. So I could not agree with you more that it has to be investigated. Uh, thank you, Doctor. Before I let you go, I just want to, uh, it was reported in the paper today that there's been an increase in the number of cases of COVID in uh, Lee uh, Memorial Hospital and also in the Naples Hospital, uh, but also that the uh, new variant apparently is more contagious. Any comments or thoughts? Well, every variant tends to be more contagious and less virulent. Uh, any type of uh, pandemic or uh, uh, respiratory virus that uh, exists and continues to uh, promulgate in uh, the population is going to be like ripples on a pond. And um, I think that, uh, you know, that the cases may ebb and flow, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the virulence is what you're really worried about. And I think we missed a tremendous opportunity from the beginning of just being uh, focused on getting healthier, losing weight, exercise, get outdoors, get away from uh, things that create stress and anxiety. And, and, and so, you know, I, I think that if people just follow reasonable things, uh, they're going to be fine. Yeah. If you're elderly or if you're overweight or if you're uh, predisposed to chronic diseases, you've got to be more careful no matter what, uh, especially now. Absolutely. Again, doctors, just genuinely appreciate your care and what you've done for me. I just, for any of our listeners who may have joint pain or suffering pain uh, in their joints, uh, Dr. Markovich has done a great job for me. And I just encourage you, uh, give them a call, 482 I will say that we went through a, a period of, a, well, I'm going to guess well over a year, maybe a couple years of uh, looking for different alternatives to relieve pain until finally I asked the doctor, I said, Please, please do my knees to get get me fixed up. I can't sleep. And he did. So I'm just so grateful for that. Again, 4825399, Dr. George Markovich, 4825399. Doctor, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have my, a great day. And you as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned.
for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round, Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, Bob, it's uh, a new year. <laughs> it is indeed. Hope you had a safe and happy new year. Uh, yeah, we had a quiet one, and and you? We as well. It was great. We watched a little football. Got to bed by nine thirty. <laughs> oh man, you really pushed the limit there on that one. Well, we watched football, and for the first time ever, um, the game was so good and so close between that um, TCU and and Michigan that we watched it right till the end. And by the time it was over, it was. Oh, that was the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, TCU and the Bulldogs. It, it was um, 12:03, and uh, so so we went to switch over, and the ball had already dropped. Wow. <laughs> well, you know what? There are two great games. Who are you picking between TCU and uh, I guess it's and uh, Georgia? And Georgia. Well, I've got to go. Uh, you know, TCU is a 13 point underdog and and i have two grandchildren that graduated tcu wow and so we're we've got to be loyal and of course we're bulldog lovers because we've had a bulldog but uh i think we're just going to have to root for tcu no matter what now i know you're a, a buffalo bills fan it was a tragic thing that occurred on monday night with that young man who just had cardiac arrest right on the field uh, yeah 
I, I, I mean, that was something that nobody has ever seen before, right. uh, anything like that. Um, and they, you know, he, he, he's improving a little bit is the last word that I saw from CNN this morning. Um, but he's still in critical condition. And, you know, it's like America made him. It's, you know, it's been all over his, the America's son. You know what I mean? Yeah. And did you, did you hear about, you know, his little toy drive that he had? Yes. This was, he wanted to raise $2,500, and apparently he's up to millions at this point. Five. I was over five million yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just shows that maybe people were, were looking for, for for something where they can they can feel good. And here's this young man who's just a, a you know, great kid playing football for the for the Bills, and uh, you know, a tragic accident like that happens, and you know that people. I mean, I get it's amazing, amazing uh, the coverage that getting in the people's care and Cincinnati has been great you know the players and uh, the people there and so you know it's nice to see it kind of gives you a feeling that hey it's nice to be able to care about somebody and you know certainly hope he gets better and uh, but the way that they went about it was 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 nice so, yeah I'll, I'll say yeah. this I mean I, I would have I saw the same headlines that he's getting better well I, you know I don't know what that means is he you know, uh, it'd be nice to get a little bit more detail on that, although I certainly respect the family's privacy on that. Uh, right. I, I think, you know, the medical team, um, from what I saw, was just not going to release information yet. You know, I, I, I because they, they didn't, either they don't have any or they just don't feel that it's the right time or place to get people, you know, stirred up one way or the other. You know yeah, what I mean? I do. And the other thing, the other observation is that uh, the more I find out about this young man, the he just appears to be a really terrific young person, very grateful, very right. humble, and just a, a wonderful person. It's a shame it happened to him, but which just makes me really pull for him. I hope he's, he's going to be okay. Yeah, and then, you know, moving ahead, the cool question was, are the Bills going to be able to play the uh, Patriots on uh, on uh, Sunday night? And the NFL hasn't ruled on that yet. They said it depends it's up to them, you know, if they and they feel up up to it, and, they, and the coaches want them to play. They're going to play because I know you guys are pay, are are Pats fans. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be a uh, <laughs> so it'll be it'd be nice to see. Well, even with this young Demar, this young man who was injured uh, out of the game, uh, I don't think the Patriots have much of a chance against the very strong Bills. Quite frankly, Bill. So well, you you better not let Linda hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> so before I let you go, I want to, uh, any any thoughts on what's happening in Washington D.C. in this uh, this uh, quest for the speakership by McCarthy? Oh my gosh, I, I can tell you tell you, Bob, that there, I don't I don't understand it. I guess I I, I never will. I mean, um, this McCarthy is is I mean he he wants it and he's not going to give any ground and nobody else is giving any ground and you know it's hurting the American people. I don't care. Uh, who the Speaker of the House is, candidly, but we need a Speaker of the House, and yeah. uh, uh, it's hurting everybody. Yeah. They can't do anything. What do you think? Well, you know, uh, as mentioned in the broadcast earlier, I mean, we've uh, we got the same old, same old going on, and if the old saying is, uh, according to Einstein, if you keep on doing the same things uh, and expecting different results, that's the first sign of insanity. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, quite frankly, I'm all for a new broom sweeping clean. Let's get new leadership in there because, quite frankly, uh, the direction the country's going right now, the amount of indebtedness, the big bills, the bloated bureaucracy, we need to get right. this changed. And it's not going to happen with Kevin McCarthy and uh, Mitch McConnell at the switch. 
No, and then one more thing real quick. I, so I see Joe is going to the border. Uh, uh, he says uh, that he's going to make his first border trip uh, at tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, the, the other thing with the McCarthy, I mean, they, they weren't very nice to Byron Donalds. No, but but you know what? I think I think Byron. First of all, I think he'd make a great speaker of the house. Maybe it's not his time yet, but quite frankly, he's got great leadership skills. He's a con- committed constitutionalist and conservative. Yes, yes. On one hand, on the other hand, he has the capacity to reach out, listen, and understand people's points of view. So he'd be terrific in that role. Uh, right. But I think, right. quite frankly, it looks to me like he's just a kind of a placeholder in this whole process. Yeah, yeah, he, he he could be, but uh, they they didn't say too many nice things about him yesterday. But you know, they're hopefully Bob. They'll just keep meeting until they come to to terms. I mean, somebody's got to give somewhere, right? That's right. Well, apparently the uh, uh, Club for Growth uh, kind of worked through the process and uh, they s- made some concessions on the part of the Speaker uh, McCarthy to uh, right to get uh, more votes from the 20 that have uh, committed elsewhere. But, uh, I, you know, quite frankly, I don't think it's going to work. I think we're going to end up with somebody other than McCarthy would be my thought. Yeah, the question is, Bob, I agree with you. The question is when. Yeah. And maybe next week on next Thursday show we'll be able to talk about a new Speaker of the House. I sure as hell hope so. I do too. Bill Barnett again, former ma- Oh, by the way, before I let you go, any good scoop in Naples? Quiet, Bob. You know, uh, their council's on break or whatever they're doing, and... Uh, so they're still on break till January 18th, I guess. So uh, uh, not much coming out of there, um, but we'll, we'll stay tuned. All right. Bill, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank look, you so much for joining us. Thank you, and uh, look forward to talking with you next week. Look Have forward to it. Day. Thank you so much. And by the way, I understand his wife's Chris's birthday is today, so we'll wish her a very happy birthday as well. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did and learned a lot. Uh, We've got great guests for tomorrow, including William Yateman. He's a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. John Tillman's here in town, actually in Naples, and he's a a very interesting guy. Uh, He's got some opinions. He wrote an opinion piece about uh, policy versus uh, Uh, the uh, transactional politics we're seeing in Washington, D.C. We'll visit with Michael Cannon. He's the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many books, his latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. Really interesting man and grateful to have him on my show. I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, please tell your friends. That's one way that we expand the audience and support our advertisers, and without them, we wouldn't be doing the show. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.